0: Good morning, church. Please stand. Lord, we thank you for this day and for this opportunity that we have today and every day to walk with you, to move with you, and to be a part of what you're doing in this world, Lord. And we come today with open hearts, open hands, to receive.
1: God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen.
2: Jesus said, The first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And as we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done, and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen.
1: God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
3: O oh Lord, make us have perpetual love and reverence for your holy name, for you never fail to help and govern those whom you have set upon the sure foundation of your loving kindness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.
1: Amen. Ready? You may be seated. Children, come forward for they are off to Sunday school. This great army assembles. <laughs> you all look great today. Do you uh, reach out your hands and pray with me as we bless these children as they go off into Sunday school? Jesus, we ask you to watch over and keep these very special and precious young people every day of their life. Watch over them. Keep them. Fill their hearts and minds with your knowledge and with your love. Strengthen them, Lord God, and make them mighty warriors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
4: Good morning. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 20, verses 7 through 13. O Lord, you induced me, and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I, and have prevailed. I'm in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. When I spoke, I cried out, I shouted, violence and plunder, because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach, and a derision daily. Then I said, I will make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. For I heard many mocking, fear on every side, report they say, and we will report it. All my acquaintances watch for my stumbling, saying, Perhaps he can be induced. Then we will prevail against him and we will take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty awesome one. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed, for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. But, O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous and see the mind and heart, let me see your vengeance on them, for I have pleaded my cause before you. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the poor from the hand of evildoers. The word of the Lord.
5: Thanks.
4: This morning's Psalm is Psalm sixty nine. We will read responsively at the half verse. Because zeal for your house has eaten me up.
0: And the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen upon me.
4: When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting,
5: that became my reproach.
4: I also made sackcloth my garment. And became those who sit in the gate speak against me. And I am the song of the drunkards. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord, in the acceptable time. O God, in the
5: multitude of your mercy, hear me in the truth of your salvation.
4: Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink.
5: Let me be delivered from those who hate
4: me, and out of the deep. Let not the flood water overflow me, nor let the deep swallow me up. And let not the pit shut its mouth. Hear me, O Lord, for your loving kindness is good.
5: Turn Turn to me according to to the the multitude multitude, of your
4: your tender mercies. mercies. And do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in trouble.
0: Hear Hear me speedily.
4: Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be
0: forever. Amen. This morning's second reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 1, commencing. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that, gras- that grace may abound? United together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ... Having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord. Amen.
5: Amen.
2: and on our hearts as we hear his holy gospel, the holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory Glory be to thee, O Lord. Lord St. Matthew chapter 10, beginning at verse 24. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher, and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub... How much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will but the very hairs of your head are all numbered therefore fear therefore do not fear you are more value than many sparrows therefore whoever confesses me before men him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise be to thee, Lord Christ.
3: stay and we thank you that you are our foundation we thank you that you've already purchased our victory we thank you that no matter what comes our way we can rest we can stand on you so lord as we dive into the stories of what you're doing here in this church what you've taught us out of your scriptures we pray that you would help us to ever more build our life on the foundation of your love in jesus name amen you may be seated So if you couldn't tell from the songs, today is Foundation Day. (laughs) And maybe you're wondering, what is that? Well, it's the day that we celebrate uh, the beginning of this denomination, the beginning of a worldwide movement that started in St. Michael's Church, this very building. uh, And we celebrate the consecration of our first patriarch. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that, but I do want to make one point very clear. As we sang in our worship, the wind came, the waves nearly overwhelmed us. But this house has stood on the foundation of Christ Jesus. And for over 30 years, we are a testament to what that means. I look around here and I see many people who have known me since I was born. And I was born the year that this house was founded on that firm foundation with the beginning of the denomination. And so I just want to say how privileged and blessed it is to stand in a place that knows where its foundation is. I think we've made that mistake a couple of times as a people. We've thought that one person or one thing or one program was our foundation, but God has continued to build into us that we are a people that are all about standing on Christ. And built into that very foundation, we knew that in order for that to endure, it actually had to be passed on to generation after generation. And one of the chief ways that St. Michael's has always done that since the beginning is through our St. Michael's Christian Academy, our school. Where we have, in our original mission statement, there was this great line about taking down the strongholds of the enemy. And we we discerned as a people, as St. Michael's Church, that one of the key places that God had called us to fight that fight was by raising up our children in the way they should go. Not only with our families, but through our school. And the number of people who have laid down their lives to make that a reality is humbling, to say the least. I'm a product of that school. My son's going to that school. And there are multi-generational Blessings that are being poured out because people like Father Jim, like Bishop Kessler, like my grandfather, who was the first patriarch here, laid down their lives to build a school. And this past Rector's Council retreat, uh, we had a word that was brought up with the leaders of this church a few months ago that we needed to reinvest in the school. We needed to pour out once again our lives to build this thing. And let me tell you, if you think the church has felt the wind and the waves, the school has felt the wind and the waves. And it's because our teachers and our entire leadership stands on Christ that we still have a school today. It doesn't make business sense, let me tell you, to have a school today. But God has blessed and multiplied it. And so when we got that call to reinvest, we came up with a plan that was god favored to invest money. We had a benefactor who put up $100,000 for the school, but they asked that we partner with them as a church and raise $50,000. Not because the $50,000 was such an important number, but because we as a church needed to take ownership of the ministry of the school. Too long, we'd had some. we fallen into the habit of treating it like, oh, that's that thing that runs over there. And then we show up on Sundays and we do our thing over here. No, we are the church. The school is the church. And so through that, we started thinking, okay, great. Now, how do we raise $50,000? I've never raised $50,000 before. We were trying to figure out what does God want to do. And he has led us step by step in this process. And we came up with a list of things we needed to do with this money. What do we need to do to reinvest in the school? Well, number one, we need to have some young teachers come into this school. One of our most honored teachers who's been here for 30 years teaching, Debbie Powell, it was time for her to leave the classroom, much to our chagrin. Now, she's transitioning into a role as an administrator and a teacher mentor. She's going to continue to bring her wisdom and benefit to the school for years to come. But we needed a kindergarten, first grade teacher. And we needed more than that. We needed another teacher because the burden we were placing on our few teachers to teach all the children we were sitting their way was not right. God didn't like it. He wanted more people at our school teaching these kids. And not only that, but inheriting the spirit of our school and the teachers who have laid the path before them. And so he put it on actually my wife, Haley's heart, and my good friend, Hannah Powell, Debbie's daughter, put it on their heart ages ago, like over a year ago, that they were going to teach at the school. And you know what? We looked at the books. We looked at the, what was going on right now, and we said, no, nah, not going to happen. But this year, with the word from the Rector's Council that it's time to invest in our school, with those pledges of raising that money, we were able to hire Haley and Hannah to teach at our school. Praise God. Now, as you're sitting there and we're clapping and we're so excited about what God's doing, there's more. In fact, I encourage all of you to go look at what's going on in that school because Nathan Powell's been leading a team to beautify our space, to put our time and effort into making that a space that shows the value that we put on our school as a ministry so that when people walk in, they can see the gold that we have in that school. Because the only problem with people not breaking down the door to apply is because they just don't see what is there. Let me tell you. The value we bring at St. Michael's Christian Academy is such that you should put your kids in that school. I put my kid in that school. It is amazing. And so you can go look at the changes we're making. And then there's some technical changes. We've got a brand new website. We've got a marketing campaign so that people can see what we have at the school. And that's what all this money that we're raising is so that we can invest in that school because there are children in our community who need St. Michael's Christian Academy. More than ever in our culture, it's pretty clear they're not going to get what they need in public school. And more than that, I think we have a premium on Christian education here at St. Michael's Christian Academy. The history, the quality of the teachers, the church community that has come around this ministry, God is doing something special. And so we've got to raise $50,000. But let me tell you about what God has done so far in that regard. We planned a banquet to celebrate Debbie in her 30 years as she's going to retire. We had this beautiful June Jubilee where we got all the alumni and parents of students and teachers together. And we just had a blast Friday night. But a part of that was we wanted to raise some money. So we said, well, I'll say it. I said, well, why don't we go for $15,000, right? I got paid for $15,000. And throughout the night, we had this wonderful time of raising money. And all of a sudden, we're past $15,000. Praise God. And then we're past twenty thousand dollars. Oh my gosh, praise God. Then we're past twenty-five. We got to thirty two thousand dollars at our June Jubilee on Friday night. And so I'm here not to say, Oh, please give us money, but to praise God for how He has provided through us. I believe this is a move of God because I couldn't have figured this out and I don't think any of you could have figured this out. But God has moved on our hearts and our community and we have a goal by the end of this year to raise $50,000 so that we can invest in the future of our school. Because you know what? We have a firm foundation in Christ Jesus and in the people who have gone before and have set up the system and in the building and all of the sacrifices that have been poured out and made. And the question is, I think especially in this time, is he faithful through generations? That's what we're saying this morning. And I see it. I see it. I am more excited about Haley being a teacher at St. Michael's Christian Academy than I can possibly communicate. There is no other job that I'd want my wife to have. It is such a blessing to see what God is doing in our midst. Because what he's doing is he's building us into a church like the church that we see in the book of Acts. He's building us into a church, like I said last week. He's making us a generous people. What defined the church of Acts? It said they gave and had all things in common. And everyone who had needs had their needs met in the church. That's a blessing and that's a promise. That is what God wants to form so that when you come to this church, you're not just taught. You're not just given an opportunity to interact with the sacraments as wonderful and holy and blessed as that is But you are grafted into the family the body of christ And part of that is the generosity that we have one with another The school that we have to raise our children the places that we have to connect I'll tell you one of the best things that happened friday night the thirty two thousand dollars was awesome But let me tell you the fellowship Was amazing just being with these generations of people who have gone to the school, who have taught at the school, whose kids go to the school or have gone to the school, I can't tell you how blessed we are to be a part of this community. Amen? Amen. And so as we continue today, we're going to do kind of a shorter message about what's going on in the church of Acts because I don't think God's done yet teaching us how to be a church. Amen? Amen? And so we're going to talk a little bit about where the church went after Pentecost, it talked about how they were meeting and they, did it, they continued steadfastly in the fellowship and the prayers and the breaking of bread. It was talking about all these things. And then, they, then Luke is very intentional. He tells a story of what the church looks like. And you know what? From here on out, every story that is told or nearly every story takes place out there. The church stories that were given, that were handed down in our scripture, are actually not about in here. As wonderful and good as this is, we know that this was the foundation of what they were doing. This is where they got transformed. The stories we're told are about bringing in here to out there. Bringing the kingdom of God to those who are hurting, who are broken, who need it. What did I say about the school? The reason the school matters is because there's people out there who need the school. They need the love of Christ. They need the foundation of Christ's love so that when the wind and the waves come, they can stand firm. Amen? Amen. And so let's talk. The very first story in Acts. You'll probably be familiar with it. We're going to go to Acts chapter 3 and we're just going to start in verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man, lame from birth, was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. I want to pause there for a second. So you've got the same setup as Jesus did in the Good Samaritan story, right? There's a man on the side of the road who needs help, and you've got the important leaders of the church who are going to their prayers, who have other things to be doing. But let me tell you, unlike the story that Jesus told, they had been paying attention, and they stopped for that man. You think about this. We become so callous, especially uh, in our wonderfully successful, vibrant community at San Clemente, you know, the beach town, that when we see people who don't match our standards, we tend to look the other way, don't we? Those people who are homeless, vagrants, The people who we don't want to serve, the poor, the broken, the destitute, the people who don't look the way that we want them to look, it is so much easier to just ignore them, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe I'm just me. So much easier to ignore them. But the very first story of the church, after it establishes this community, the very first story is the leaders, the head honchos, those who knew Jesus himself, who had every reason to be more important than this man, stop and notice him. They stop and they notice his brokenness. God help us to be more like them. So, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Fixed attention and expectation. I'm going to call those faith and hope. He had faith and hope that something good was going to happen. Maybe we're the people who are callous to the needs of those around us, or maybe we're the people who are the broken man who has lost his attention, his expectation, his faith, and his hope. I'll tell you about my kids, because I have to. It's my favorite pe- they're my favorite people to talk about. So we've got Rowan, Ruby, and Reese, and they're wonderful, five and three and two, and they're playing and they're doing their things. And I start saying, Rowan, Ruby, Reese, come here. You know, five minutes later, Rowan, Ruby, Reese, come here. You keep going, 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 and they're just in their own little world. But the minute I say, I have something for you, they are barreling forward, knocking each other to the side. Reese is screaming on the ground, "Ah!" you know, it's like they've got to get there because dad has something for us. And yet our heavenly father's up there going, hey, I have something for you. And we're just doing our thing. And he says, hey, I've got something for you. And we just get in our car and go to work. Or we just continue to have that argument with our spouse about what color the curtain should be, or whatever it might be. We're so concerned with our things that we don't hear the voice of our Father. We don't look with expectation, with faith, with hope to Him. But guess what? God has something for you. And unless you become like a little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Let's be expecting God to show up. Let's listen to his voice. So then Peter says to this person who's looking for money, obviously, right? Like, alms, please give me something. He says, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Hallelujah. That's what you have for them. That's what you have in you. The Holy Spirit. First of all, let's just be so grateful because how many times has God reached down his hand and lifted us up? Maybe through somebody else in this room. Maybe through some uh, moment where you cried out to him and he showed up in your darkest place. So, first, we have to start by being grateful. But then, let's go a little deeper. He's saying Jesus Christ of Nazareth. What's the point of saying that full word? Well, Jesus is a name, Christ is his title, he is the Messiah. He is the hope of the world, the Savior, the one who brings that shalom peace that we talked about, the one who makes all things new. And then he says, of Nazareth, like that was a real person. Like this is not them just making up some Buddhist or uh, Hindu idea of manifestation, you know, somebody came as a demigod. No, like a person born in a place is the Savior of the world. That is a crazy claim. A person born 2,000 years ago. And yet, the evidence is the healing. Now, I was thinking about this. Because he jumps up and he starts praising God. And first of all, right, there's a little condemnation for us. How often are we walking and leaping and praising God? Although God has done as much for us. Amen. But I was thinking, what happens now... Is the whole community comes around. Because they see this guy who every day was being carried to the temple, laid down, lame, asking for alms. Maybe you'd given him a couple of coins. And now he's jumping up and down and praising God. What has happened? And it says they ran. Hold on, I'm kind of skipping through here a little faster, but let's talk about what they what did they do? They all the people saw him walking and praising God. And recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to them. And while he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. I want the people out there to run here. But you know, all the programs, entertaining music and services and things that we offer in the world are as clanging drums and clashing cymbals, if it's not by the power of the Holy Spirit, if we're not offering Jesus, if we're not offering the real, we can do the programs. We can even have a really successful church that just does the programs really good. And people learn something and their lives are a little bit better. But you know what? That is not what we're about. We're about introducing people to the saving power of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth. We're about raising the lame, healing the blind. And maybe you're like, well, I don't know any lame or blind people that I see on a regular basis. Yeah, well, you know a lot of spiritually disabled people, let me tell you. You meet people every day who are completely broken. I have talked many times about the rising anxiety, depression, the suicide rate. You think that God healing them is any less of a miracle? In fact, maybe you do. Maybe you don't have faith that God could heal somebody's depression, anxiety, suicidality. I'm here today to tell you that our God brings life and life eternal. And that's not about your physical body. That's about all of you. Okay, so the people are asking them, man, I would love if the people were coming to me. Why is God doing miracles in your midst? but we got to do the miracles, right? we got to get out there. we got to bring the Spirit. And it says, When Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? This sentence changed the world. There's a lot of stories in here that changed the world. But imagine this. It's actually not about how good you are. It's not about how powerful you are. Think about the context, right? They had shamans. They had pagan priests. They had all of these rules and laws to be perfected. They had the chief priest. They had this whole structure and hierarchy. And so what are the people thinking? Well, these are special people. Maybe it's the gods among us. In fact, elsewhere they say, maybe it's Zeus and Hermes in disguise. You know, Maybe it's, they can't be men. They can't be like us. They have to be separate. But the whole New Testament, they spend explaining, no, this is for you to do. We're not powerful, pious, amazing people. Now, granted, it's Peter saying it, so we have a lot of evidence to back that up. He was not pious. He was not powerful. He denied Jesus. He always said the wrong thing. He was crowned with confidence, but he was very big headed It gives me a lot of faith for myself. What can God do? I don't think he's limited. I don't know about you. He can be limited by us. Today, I'm here to tell you that when God makes us a generous people and we raise $32,000, it's just one piece of the puzzle. Because what is the money about? The money is about laying down your life for God and God's purposes. And when you do that, the lame walk, the blind are healed, the sick are set free. The captives are released. Amen? So why do you stare at us? Why don't you receive the Holy Spirit and go do it yourself? You don't have to be power. You don't have to be pious. The world is about men and women being transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how much power you have. Okay, let's talk quickly here through what does he say then, right? Okay, so he's giving them the, he's, he's, he's starting out. He's I like this guy, Peter. He asked them a question, like, we're not powerful or pious. And then he says this, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers. So he's connecting with them. It's the same God glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. You don't get to blame the Romans on this one. You delivered him over even when Pilate was going to release him. You denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. Man, that's such a tragic sentence. You killed the author of life. Nobody is blameless when you put it that way. But, he continues, whom God raised from the dead, to which we are witnesses. It's better than you think. It's better than you think. I'll just say this real quick. Every one of us probably thinks that there's something we've done that somehow disqualify us from the love and the goodness of God. Well, guess what? We're all guilty of killing the author of life. And God forgave that. And God transformed that and used it to save the whole world. Is there anything in your life that he can't do the same? Is there any part of your life that if you give him, he won't make new? He doesn't make it not bad. He doesn't take away the things you've done by making them as if they didn't happen. What he does is he makes you new. He transforms you and he shapes you so that you can bring his grace and mercy to the next guy down the street who thinks he's so much worse than you. Okay. And his name, by faith in his name, that's Jesus, right? Has made this man strong whom you see and know and the faith that is through Jesus has given this man perfect health in the presence of you all. Make sure you know by whose spirit you're doing it, right? Right? It's by Jesus. It's not our job. Because God's going to start moving in this church more and more, as he already has. And some of us are going to do amazing things by the power of God. And the temptation at that point is to start thinking, oh, that's me. Look at me go. Don't do it. It's Jesus. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers, Point today, and I really wanted to get to it because I just was feeling this this morning as I was going over this sermon. And I just have a question Have you ever felt like you just can't catch your breath? Like you're swinging back and forth between this frenetic motion and crazy busyness and energy for fun or for your job, and then you swing to this vegging out state where you just anesthetize yourself by watching or consuming whatever makes you feel almost nothing mind-numbing to the point where you get you don't even want to get up and get food in the kitchen because you're just done and we play this game where you're on this one side or this other maybe you need a time of refreshing how do you get the time of refreshing here it says repent repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the lord God's making us a generous people, and God, I hope, he's making us a repentant people. If all we learn is that when you do something wrong, apologize, turn around, go back to him, you will have an abundant life. I mean, you might get a lot of things wrong, and you might have to do it a lot of times, some of us more than others. But... God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This message is for you, but it's also for them. Because you know what cures anxiety and depression and loneliness? Repentance. Repentance with the power of Christ to save. You can't just repent because there's a lot of self-help books that will walk you through how to repent and how to change your life. But repentance and turning to Christ... That is the power that resurrected Jesus from the dead, that changed the world, that made us participate in the life of God. So when you talk about people struggling with anxiety, depression, and sin, and you go, oh, poor them. Maybe what you need to say is stop sinning. Maybe. I mean, you've got to know how to minister to people. But I promise you that when we invite people into our life, we sometimes make it sound like we're asking them to take on the burden of the law. Like, oh, you've got to change this and this and this about yourself, and then you'll be accepted. No, actually, repentance is actually about setting them free and healing them. And so let's talk like they did, right? He wanted a time of refreshing. It wasn't you wicked sinners. It was come and be a part of us. And experience the life that Christ has bought for us. Amen? And so as we talk through this early church, I want us to be a people who are generous. Praise God, he's already doing that in our midst. And I want us to be a people who are repentant so that we can be refreshed. And lastly, I want us to be a people who see the lame person standing in our way. The lame person who's not where we're heading. And stop. And say, look at us. You might not have what, you, what they think they need, but you have what they really need. You have Jesus. Amen? And so, what we have, we need to give to them. Amen?
1: Continue with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God. who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
2: Brothers and sisters, aware that God cares for us more than we can imagine, let us present the deeds of the whole world before him, that the church will always boldly proclaim that Jesus is the Savior of the world, and through him we have peace with God. Lord, in your mercy, that governments will enact laws that promote justice and mercy for all their people, especially the poor and the powerless. Lord, in your mercy, that Christians who are persecuted for their faith will remain faithful, remembering the promise of a great reward in the age to come. Lord, in your mercy, that we will acknowledge Christ in all our daily activities. Lord, in your mercy, that those who defend us at home and abroad will be protected by the grace of God, Lord, in your mercy, that those who are suffering from the loss of a loved one will be comforted by the promises of the risen Christ, Lord, in your mercy, for our own special intentions. Lord, in your mercy, hear
1: our prayer. Heavenly Father, you know the number of hairs on our heads and our needs, even before we ask. Mercifully hear our prayer and give us the grace to be a thankful people. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. With your spirit. Turn and greet one another with the peace of the Lord. Amen. Peace. The Lord be with you. Good year, good year. All right, Phil, you got some announcements?
2: Yes. Uh, we have a few announcements you can see up on the screen. Uh, uh, one is our Foundation Day offering is today, and most of you know the drill that's $10 per family member. We use that to support our church throughout the world. Uh, also, our chili cook off is coming up. You'll see it up here on the screen as well, and see Bethany Mercer for that. That's coming up July 1st. And then, um, let's see, what else do I have here? Oh. <laughs> we also have our uh, graduation list. They should yes. be listed there. Uh, we have uh, Mary Taylor is back with us. Woo! <laughs> She
1: graduated this year, so we needed to put her on this list, and she's she's a doctor. You can call her doctor, I think. Doctor of physical therapy, I don't know, I think that's what that is. But it's very special, very amazing. We're very proud of her, and wanted to make sure we got her up on that list. And, and,
6: a, man came with, and a man
1: came with her, too, her husband. Yeah, yeah right. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> very proud, very fantastic.
2: Also, uh, help with our food pantry over the summer would be really... Nice. But the uh, ones we really want to focus on would be our June Jubilee.
1: Yeah, I want to share with you. That yeah. was really more. Jesse shared a little bit about that. Friday night was such an amazing and wonderful night. It was for me and I think for everybody there. It was fun. It was um, It was like pre-COVID fun. It was a happy <laughs> night. <laughs> right, fair? Uh, and it was... Um, all the alumni there was just amazing, and you know I'd hope that we would see that, all these guys because you guys have always had, as you've gone through the school, these really these close relationships, uh, these deep bonds, you become a member of this very special community. You know, you grew up together, uh, and you were there together, like, it's thinking we're down on the basketball court, and like, this is your place, and I'm glad to be visiting, right? But this is your place, and it's... It, you're a member in good standing because you paid the price. You were there together when you were children. You grew up together, and it is just an amazing and wonderful thing to see what great people you become. Uh, there are a lot of thanks that I need to share with people, and I can't possibly do it here. Uh, uh, just for all the people who contributed to preparing for that event, right? It, when we got there, it was a beautiful space. And it was beautiful food, great tasting food, great fellowship. The the yearbooks laying out on the tables, I tell you, they almost didn't make it. I heard that story, but God was with us. (laughs) That was a great treat, seeing all those pictures. And the pictures on the screens behind where the speakers were showing... my wife, of course, Debbie was she's retired and it was very special for her and I will say on her behalf that it was uh it was a very wonderful evening for her. She was uh she was moved, you know. I, I always think of veggie tales, you know. It was like we laughed, we cried, our lives are changed, Bob. <laughs> and it's it's funny, but it, it it was very real for Debbie and and on her behalf I wanna tell everybody who made that night, nice so special and you all did thank you on her behalf so thank you very much
2: Uh, we we also like to just mention real quick uh, Jesse said Dick and Jesse said something about uh, sacrifice and laying down your lives that's what that whole night was about was celebrating Debbie laying down her life so if you give a round of applause (laughs)
1: Amen Amen I'm going to just say one more thing about this. It was such a wonderful evening. There's so much that can be said about it. There are so many generous people in the giving. I'm so grateful, so thankful. And uh, Saturday is the chili cook-off. Don't miss out. It's going to be another fun day of getting together with great people. So be there Saturday. Amen.
2: Ascribe to the Lord, the honor due his name, bring offerings and come into his courts. Let us with gladness present the offerings and oblations of our life and labor to the Lord.
1: Blessed are you, Lord of all creation. Through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and the work of human hands, who become for us the body of Christ. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord of all creation. Through your goodness we receive the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and the work of human hands, who become for us the blood of Christ. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord of all creation, through your goodness, we bring these tithes and offerings before you. They will be used in your church for the work you have set before us and for the furthering of your kingdom. Blessed be God forever. The Lord be with you. And
5: with your spirit.
1: Lift up your hearts.
5: We lift them up to the Lord.
1: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through his cross and resurrection, he freed us from sin and death and called us to the glory that has made us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart. Everywhere we proclaim your mighty works, for you have called us out of darkness into your own wonderful light. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise. of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Holy Spirit upon them so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread, he gave you thanks, he broke it, he gave the bread to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again he gave you thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith Christ has died, Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray, Susan, Naomi, Sonia, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Liliana, Sherry, Jonathan, Alfred, Jerry, Bob, Nick, Sandy, Chuck, the House family, Nur, the Marines and Sailors of Camp Pendleton, and all those who serve in our armed forces, you can have the names of the people you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Lord, have mercy on us all. Lord, you have made us worthy to share eternal life with the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Joseph, her husband, and with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give give you glory Through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ hath taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the lamb. the word. And my soul shall be healed. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world.
6: I got a grandson coming, and it's one that the enemy wasn't able to get. Victor is a loser, he lost. Life is coming because of the foundation that I built my house on. Birth control has never been a part of it, never will be. I never trusted my conscience, I trusted the Lord. The Lord said, My burden is easy, and my yoke is light, and also. He knows the number of the hairs on your head. What do I know? And John, I want to say to you, man, the Lord is involved. The Lord is greatly involved in this child. Amen.
1: Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Take Michael the archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of our souls. Amen. As you go out from this place, always remember the gospel, that God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself and not counting your sins against you. God loves you. God has forgiven you. God is not mad at you, and God will never leave you nor forsake you. In the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for now and forever. Amen.